1: Greg. Hi, Dave. How are you? What- I am doing so good. So good. And why? I don't know. We just had a good string of weeks of, of podcast we podcasts. Have. It's we been, have. It's been awesome. I really enjoyed the one where we just talked last week to my father. I thought that was really yeah. good. Uh, you know, with the Grey Wave podcast that's coming up. This this week, I'm really excited, too. Um, I just want to read you just a quick little, little uh little sentence or two that that Kim was able to extract from our our upcoming guest. Um, It says this, feeling stuck, unmotivated, bogged down by a job or business that used to be exciting for you, Elizabeth will talk about simple strategies to re-energize your work and your life outside of work. So welcome to The Boiling Point, Elizabeth Crook. And and I'll warn listeners,
2: she has the coolest accent, I think. The coolest accent and
1: an incredible (laughs) new hair color.
2: Yes. (laughs) And we know that.
1: How do we know that? <laughs> because it's podcast. How we do we know everything. that, Elizabeth? Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome right, on.
3: Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
1: Oh, this is great to have you. And um, uh, Elizabeth, why don't you do a quick little introduce, an introduction yourself? Uh, let us know about Orchard Advisors. And uh, yeah, let's let's get right into this because I love the theme of what I just read because so many of our listeners will relate to that.
3: Well, good. I've been a business strategist for over 20 years. I help entrepreneurs and CEOs grow their profitability and, frankly, their fun, their sense of satisfaction uh, by doing strategic planning and helping them make uh, smart decisions. And over the years, people came to me and said, Everybody says you're good at helping folks figure stuff out. Could you just work with me personally? And I said, Well, okay. And I am good at it and I love doing it. And so, after a number of years of A mentor of mine said, you need to write a book. So I wrote a book called Live Large, The Achiever's Guide to What's Next. And so now I continue to work with companies, but I really am so committed to helping individuals and companies, I guess, leverage and use and find their talents and what's special about them. Because I believe that when we as individuals are working deep inside our own talents, then we create the most value for ourselves. The most value for our companies and for our communities and our societies, and I think we have a lot more fun.
1: I really interesting. I just had a um, nice meeting with a friend of mine, a very successful entrepreneur. His business is doing very well, but he's he's just saying how unmotivated he is, and he's a little bored. Thing he's making money, everything's great, um, but then you know we had this great di- dialogue that entrepreneurs are adventure seekers they're thrill seekers in a way Absolutely. and they're and they're artists uh, which means when the when the hustle is over or let's say you're going into a period of of uh, downtime because everything's working that's all we think we ever ever want like trust me for me I'd love to be able to breathe and say oh everything's on cruise control but once it happens, I feel that that founders CEOs and entrepreneurs, they get restless and they they start looking at other ways to get you know to get that high of the hustle. So I wonder how how you've how you've seen that because I uh, you know I'm going again feeling stuck unmotivated bogged down by a job or business that used to be exciting. Well, it used to be exciting when you're on that growth curve when you're trying to figure it out, right? So, what what's your experience with your with your clients in that in that theme? Well,
3: I think a couple of things. I I think sometimes. One of the things that happens to entrepreneurs is they love the thing that got them into the business in the first place. And as their business grows, several things may happen. Number one is they hire people to actually run the business, which is good, but they may get further and further from that part of the business that really gets them excited and really gets them juiced. And sometimes the place where they really add value to the business. So I always do a full day of one-on-one work with the CEO before we start planning with the company. And what I've discovered is, is just a simple exercise of saying, let's write down all the things that you did during the day, you know, your big tasks. And say which of these, even if you're working hard at them are energizing for you, that you sort of lose track of time. And then which of the things that are just depleting, you say, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that. And Then ask yourself, how much time am I spending on each of these categories of activities? And then say, how can I shift the amount of time so that I get to spend more time doing those things that bring me the greatest sense of satisfaction? And what are the implications for the company, for my team, for the structure? There's another uh, way, I think, when entrepreneurs or business people, actually, what leaders do is their job is vision. And their job is thinking forward about what's the next iteration for this company. So if that entrepreneurial leader is not thinking about the next iteration for the company, their company is going to become stale. And it will either lose market share, profitability may go down, uh, the culture may lose the energy of the founders. So I think that that's another thing to consider.
2: You know, you you. Uh, this is um such an interesting topic, and you're you know as as I I believe you know you're talking to two entrepreneurs that are, you know, working it hard to scale their businesses, and and um and, and what comes to mind as you were just describing, you know, this, you know, what do you love, what are you good at, you know, what what is the business value, and it was interesting. I went through a so I own a coaching business, and I I really mm-hmm. enjoy coaching, um. <laughs> um, the reality is, you know, I, I can't be coaching all the time because then I'm, you know, I'm not focused on, you know, the, the vision of where the company is going and the growth and that sort of thing. And you know, and I at one point I got advice to, to from someone to get out of coaching altogether and really, you know, your most value is is in driving the business forward and and uh, you know more on um, you know entering new markets and all this kind of thing. And what was interesting about that is as I look back on that, I was it was I think it was it was well intentioned advice. Um, but I have such a love for being a practitioner, too, right? You know, and I don't mm-hmm. want to lose sight of that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and do you hear that from, from, you know, people as they're scaling absolutely, businesses? Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And I think that there's several different ways to think about that. Number one is to write down what are the characteristics of the coaching that you love. So, for example, I uh, worked with a woman who had a successful Uh, business. And she just loved that one-on-one client contact. And so once we were able to break that down, she said, I like to tell people what's available in the market. I really like to help them see big picture solutions. And one of the things we realized, she could stop talking to individual clients, but she really got a great deal of satisfaction and created a lot of value for the company when she started talking to to groups about what her company did. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a compromise there's some people who always hold on to a piece of that core that they love doing. And they do it for a couple of reasons. Number one is they love doing it. And number two, um, it keeps them in touch with their client right. and it allows them to enrich their material it enriches their stories. And I don't think it's an all or nothing, but it's finding the blend that fits you.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really Does that good make point. Sense? That makes a hundred percent sense. And what, and, and the blend that, you know, and so it's just trying it's trying to find that sweet spot, which has been challenging. but I really, yeah, and for me, and just you know, for what it's worth, i I found that it was um it was taking on the more strategic one to one coaching opportunities that that fit was obviously a good fit for me as well. And that seemed to kind of mm-hmm. be the a part of the blend. and then, you know and then and then really defining the number of clients so you don't because what can happen is it starts to expand because you know just you love doing it right so um, exactly yeah
3: and you know when you think about uh, scaling your business in order to scale you're going to have to hire people so maybe part of your coaching is internal coaching if you look at most successful leaders now one of the key qualities you know we're no longer in a command and control world in business and coaching and assisting and helping people discover their strengths and the directions they want to take you may be doing that as an employer not from a coach client perspective
2: i'm just listening to you and and there's something about you just have this wonderful energy in your voice um and you clearly <laughs> love what you do
1: and i do yeah how and how did I, you, how did you get there ex- come on yeah like, tell us t- the secrets. tell
2: give us give <laughs> us your like how did you kind of get to this place and how did you Figure this out, and 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 you know, and and find it, that that kind of level of energy within what you do and how you do it. Like what, like what, I, that's always kind of interesting to hear the backstory.
3: Well, I lived in Latin America and had uh, had done a lot of different things before that. I'd lived in New York. I'm of an age that, you know, I was the first woman to be hired in outside sales when I worked for Brad Bradstreet. I was the first woman in a lot of ways, and then. The only woman in a—it was interesting—in an all-Jewish firm, and and when I lived overseas, and I I got a call one day from a headhunter, and he said, "We're looking for someone to start a chain of donut franchises." And I said, "Well, that's interesting." I said, "I don't have any food experience, any consumer products experience, any franchise experience, and I don't like donuts." So can you <laughs> please tell me why you called? <laughs> 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 and uh, he gave me a an answer that was a great gift. He said, we're looking for people who have a record of success at doing things that have never been done before. It was the first time that I could actually string together and say, Oh yes, that's what I like. And that's what I'm good at here. are All of these pieces, how are we going to put them together in a different way? How are we going to put them together um, in a way that fits some set of criteria? Mm. And so when I came back to the state, I, I was working with companies and a software company. I had a couple of clients, and they both made me offers to join their company, and one was the software company. We raised a bunch of venture capital and were working crazy hours, and I realized that it didn't matter to me whether that industry that automated, and I was working stupid hours. And so I started thinking, when do I feel most alive? what do I really enjoy? And I was doing a lot of volunteer work uh, for the YWCA. And because I was head of a big program planning committee, I was up in front a lot, helping people structure their thinking, asking questions, helping them reflect in a different way. And I thought, this is what I love doing. This is what I love. And so when I went back to working with people, with companies again, I thought, but I need to learn how to be very skilled at facilitating. I already knew how to, I'm a I can quickly read, I can I know what the problem is, I can know what the answers are, but I realize that people need to be able to discover it themselves. So I, I became very skilled as a facilitator. But as you hear my story, you can hear that it wasn't just one day the light dawned and I said, oh, that's it. Yeah. It's been, you take a step, you say, what part of this do I love? You take another step, what part do I love? One of the hard parts is the things that we're deeply talented in, we take them for granted because they're easy for us hmm. and because we live in a no pain, no gain society. We think if it's easy, it must not be valuable.
1: Uh, I, I I relate but to those, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And I, I think recently I've, I've only thought of it that way uh, in trying to analyze my strengths. Cause I, you know, entrepreneurs can also be very, the word is not defeatist by any means. We're opposite of that, but it's a, uh, I think we are good and quick to analyze our challenges and our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And that that can be a a great strength to be able to do that. Um, But oftentimes we forget to look at where are things working because of what you just said. Like what comes to me very Mm -hmm. naturally is very similar to you. Actually, um, Elizabeth is I I'm very natural communicating with people face-to-face very mm-hmm. you know and you know uh, i have no shame i'm very yeah uh, you know i i don't mind if people <laughs> think if, if people think i'm uh, i'm nerdy or a moron or whatever or just it's all good you know i just i love people i, lo- I love connecting with them that comes very easy to me where other people are like how do you do mm-hmm. that and i'm like well do what right like, that's not a skill well, actually, it is an, it is a business <laughs> skill, right? So, I, I think that's a really yes. neat neat takeaway is you, you know, what you're saying. That the other thing I wanted to say is two two weeks ago on this podcast, we interviewed um, the dean of architecture at University of Toronto, Richard Summers, and he was telling us that ar- an architect is not just somebody who designs plans for buildings. What you were what that headhunter was doing uh, looking for you was that headhunter was looking for an architect. And that's what you were. You were somebody that knew mm-hmm. how to create, build something out that's been done before, but in a way that's never been done before. That is totally in, in line with this conversation we just had two episodes ago. So uh, I'll have to direct mm-hmm. you to that episode once uh you know when we have a chance. But anyway, how does all of that all of that uh you know r- relate to to you? Because I just spit out a whole bunch of my ideas. But um, am I on the ball
3: here? You're absolutely on the ball, and um. You know, I think you and I both see I see themes and patterns. And, for example, I have a good friend, and she started as a client, has become a friend. And she has been a, a COO, and she thinks that her main value is because she knows all the details of all this stuff. But the woman is gifted. She can I tell her story in my book. She can walk into any room and know who needs to talk to whom, make the connection, and make it valuable for both people. I've seen her do it over the past 20 years. She said, oh, that's nothing. Anybody can do that. Well, anybody can't do it. One of the thing, ways I help people discover where that deep talent is is to look at all of the processes that they know. And hmm. um, cool. not the content, but the processes. And then the second, which of those processes also line up with the things that you really love to do? Because when you find the overlap of that process and that love, your talent's right there. It is right there. And people will look at it and say, oh, well, that's just something I do. Just like you said, that doesn't seem special to me. Well, it is. And I think part of my job, and I suspect part of yours is, as a coach, is to say, yeah, that is special.
2: 100%. Well, you know, the other the thing I'm... Um, well, there's two, a whole bunch of things, but I really appreciate your story, because I think a lot of times I, I feel like and and i'm i would be guilty of this at times too that you know we should just we should just have this all figured out right at a certain point you know right, right? you know what i mean right. like it's that kind of like and this is right. such a silly uh, defeating you know to use greg's term defeat uh, defeatist kind of attitude but it but there it, it, it it's you know because you look around you in the world and everyone's got it all figured out right And, um, and one of the things I I loved about, uh, I remember coach, uh, pretty wise coach tell me a number of years ago is, you know, all those, uh, all those warts we have all those challenges everything that makes us a good coach you know what i mean and i thought oh yeah that's a good right. point that's a good point i like that so that, i just want right. i just i appreciate you sharing your story cuz i think a lot of people need to hear that and that's really that's very mm-hmm. important um the other thing i was thinking is you know this this process of and, and i well, i would call it being coach like and, and and you know and even how in your how you facilitate but it's this idea um, and it's, it's foreign to a lot of people. It was to me prior to my, my coaching education and kind of diving in as a practitioner. Is this idea that, you know, that people have so many of the answers inside? And we just, we're, we're, our job, you know, from a coaching perspective is to help them unlock that and discover um, a lot of these, you know, kind exactly. of hidden talents. How, you know, how naturally yeah. did that come to you? This kind of, I'm going to call I'm going to just call it for lack of a better term, like just the coach approach.
3: I think in many ways it came naturally to me because. I love hearing people's stories. And so when I interview them, for me, because I see themes and patterns, the themes and patterns pop out. And after I do this interview, in fact, I just did one the yes, uh, day before yesterday with an architect. Hmm. It's easy for me to say, here are the characteristics. And I filled up a whole flip chart page of these. And before I start, I always say, when you think I tell the first thing that did isn't true, stop me. But when I finish, more often than not, when I turn around, the person is sitting with tears in their eyes. Wow. And they say, is that me? And I said, well, I told you to stop me if I told said something you didn't agree with. Because we just don't see all of of who we are. Yeah. And I think, it's, I think as coaches, one of our great uh, joys is to be able to give people back to themselves.
2: And hold up. That and mirror, to help them
3: say. see themselves and see themselves with compassion, and also when we look at those characteristics, mm-hmm. you know, help them understand how they can get overused. Uh, help them understand where some of their limiting beliefs may hide, may hide, and how they got there, and and some strategies for working around them, and also give them permission to not be perfect. I mean, that is not the goal.
1: <laughs> Thank. I love hearing that. Thank you. <laughs>
3: Yeah. It, it, it's I, I,
1: oh. we we keep on going back to the entrepreneur thing because you know so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs and uh, I sw- I'm sure uh, a good chunk of them uh, have this 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 myth in the, in their heads that they're supposed to be perfect. Uh, and they're I, never I, living up to it.
2: I, I'm guessing it extends way beyond just the group of entrepreneurs, too. Oh, really?
1: Is there a world outside of us? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> right. Right. And sometimes I say entrepreneurs are chaos creators. Yeah. And um, and I view that as a compliment because that's what keeps things lively it's important and the challenge if you think of a lot the life cycle of a business there's a point where it's just idea and drive and idea and drive and then you start doing the idea but at some point you have to start uh, you have to start managing that and you don't want the managing to kill the 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 entrepreneurial spark but if you don't create some sort of structure around it then you get into you know what one writer called the founder's trap. You can only do and invent, do and invent. Right. And you need to be able to do in a predictable way into the future and then continue to invent the next thing. I love entrepreneurs because we are possibility thinkers. We're always saying, how can we do this? Not why shouldn't While not trying to say, well we probably shouldn't or we probably can't. We're always saying how can we do this? Not should we do this. And sometimes entrepreneurs need some help in asking the question should we do this, given X, Y, Z? And that's really what strategic thinking is all about. And we have to think strategically before we can plan the execution. And uh, too many times, I think if there's any failings, entrepreneurs just get busy saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Instead of saying, let's look at where we want to go, what our resources are, both, and what are our constraints, and what else is happening, and then what are the smart moves that will get us there?
2: Right, slowing down a bit to 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 actually and
3: some like yeah think
2: think through all of those yeah. possibilities. Um so I'm guessing Yeah,
3: we do quarterly planning with all of our clients in addition to annual planning because things change.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually it's funny we have a <laughs> We have a. There was a guy that spoke to. We're part of an entrepreneurial um, forum. Uh, Greg and I had different different cohorts, but one of the speakers came and and he he it really it really resonated with me. It was a number of years ago, but talking about you know doing ninety day plans, like I think is essentially what you're saying, yep. um and and not yep. really getting beyond that because it's just it's so much change. And he was um he was um in uh, specialized mining. Um, well, I remember him. Drilling, what was his name again? Drilling. Francis McClure. Oh, it was Francis. Yeah, yeah. Ah, um, right. But he, <laughs> but no, but he took it. He took, borrowed the idea from someone else. Maybe that's what you're thinking yeah. about. But that, yeah, I love it. So now, live large is your book, and I and I'm seeing here yeah. in our in our crib notes here that it says download a free chapter from live large. And but how how can how can other folks? Um, uh, and, and it shows a link, and clearly I have to go on to see the link. And we'll put that in our show notes, we'll of course. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just wondering, like, just wanting people to be able to find you easily, just in case our show notes aren't what they should be, and, and you know, and to get a free chapter of Live Large. What, how do they do that, oh, exactly, Elizabeth?
3: If they go to uh, ElizabethDCrook, C-R-O-O-K, .com, they can get not only a free chapter, but they can get all sorts of other tools. There's probably a backslash on that, and you'll have to put that in, in the uh, notes. And um, if they want to know more about my strategic planning and consulting, they can go to Orchard Advisors.
2: Are you based in Nashville? In Nashville. Darn- Nashville. Oh, cool. So, yeah. so I got to ask you about the Nashville Predators. What are you thinking?
3: Well, of course, I've been working in uh, Vancouver four times a year for the past 20 years, and it has just given me great pleasure to rub my Canadian hockey fans' friends noses <laughs> in the great success <laughs> that we're having with ice hockey in in Tennessee.
2: Oh, isn't beautiful?
3: We've just gone crazy over ice hockey. Who knew? Uh,
2: well, you know what? I I I now I wouldn't have predicted it, but I'm so it's so cool. And Greg's not um, uh, kind of the same hockey fan that that I might be,
1: although I am a I am a converted hockey he fan is. now. But but no, la- so in the
2: playoffs, it was so fun last year to watch, like the you know like like when when it was an away game or even a home game, the crowds in downtown Nashville would just I mean fill the streets, Elizabeth, watching
3: hockey, and who would Yeah. Yeah, who would have figured? I mean, when, when you see these country boys coming up in their bib overalls and their John Deere hat, and they can start talking about icing, you want to say, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So so you don't, you don't cheer for the Canucks, then you cheer for the Predators. You're a homie, I guess, is what you're saying. No,
3: but I have I have seen the Canucks play in Vancouver. I have a client who has... Uh, center ice seats, and uh, when he's got a spare ticket, or if he's out
2: of town, he gives me his ticket. Nice. Well, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta meet your friend. That's great. Well, um, <laughs> this is, um, this has been a real joy to, to, to meet you and interact with you, and, and, uh, and, and the listeners wouldn't know this, but we, uh, Greg had called earlier to see if we could adjust. Um, Adjust the time, and your response was just so beautiful and perfect. And 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 uh, yeah, I think you asked, "Do you have a, a woman in your life, Greg?" And, and the answer is, "Yeah." Well, sometimes things take precedence, so like a hair appointment, a hair appointment, <laughs> and that was just that was so. I didn't know where you're going with it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, either did I, but I just loved it, and I thought I'm gonna really enjoy this interview. So uh, good. we just really appreciate you taking right. the time.
3: Well, I enjoyed it too, and I have no doubt that you guys are going to be hugely successful. And let's
1: stay in touch. We'd love that, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. Right. We'll, chat, we'll chat. again soon. Yeah. yeah definitely. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. I was. That was cool. What? What a. What a. A, a ball of life. Well, you <laughs> and know, you're right. Her, her accent's amazing. I love it.
2: Yeah. Well, and she's, and you know, she's just. Um, you know, you get a sense that someone, and and not a, a better sense that someone's really. What they're what she's espousing, like she she's living, you know, herself. Yeah, you know and, mean? and she's and get, legit. Yeah, you get that real, like you know what I know, mean, like a real a- authentic kind of feeling. I mean, she's. I'm guessing she's been, you know, quite successful, but there's just this down home, very, yep. um, you know, and also very pragmatic uh, way. And and you know, in the story, I'm always curious about people's stories. You know, how they got. You know, and, and this idea that, you know, par- I'm guessing part of uh, her. Her, her great ability to work with clients is is probably um you know her through her own experience too you know well that,
1: that's the thing and it's, uh, you know as i've gone through my coaching journey with you and in your world in the ICf uh, and all of this um there's always neat to to see the difference between coaching hat teacher hat mentor hat what, what what's the other hat the consulting consulting hat mm-hmm. but these are all different skill sets that you may as a coach wear at different times but by no means are they similar or the same, right? Yeah. Um, no, but when very when she explains her, the fact that she's been in the trenches and she's had these great successes and b- b- built big franchises and things, then it's it, it adds another level of awesomeness to your coaching practice. If you're like, you know, if I need to put on my consulting hat, I've been there before. I can, you know... So, well, in fact,
2: yeah. you know what we have a we have a roster. I think we have I don't know twenty six, twenty seven coaches on the roster. You know what we're really proud to bring the market is this just diverse experience, and wisdom and knowledge that they bring to the coaching, and and it's and, and it's and this is really important because that. I think informs the coaching. So they may, you know, we all may all use a similar process. You know, you, you just bring kind of your unique character and that's, I believe part of your coaching character is built upon, or if you're going to switch your hat is, 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 is tied directly to your experience. And, um, it's kind of one of those things that, in you know, in this, you know, and it doesn't apply universally, but you know, it's, it's kind of, to be in the trenches is is, is a good attribute. Like Mm -hmm. I was telling you a little war story about myself um, Mm -hmm. just before this interview and you, you know, you, you, I thought kind of really um, wisely pointed out, won't that be great for your clients? And it was like, yeah, it's a good point. Right. And, you know, and that was just the last year. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let alone, you know, the previous, you know, kind of decades coming up to it. And I, I imagine as a filmmaker, be the same kind of thing right Mm -hmm. like you you would have seen themes or things that you can blend and
1: how you you know i'm laughing because we're we're in a we 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 chose to say yes to a a very large project at a very minimal minimal budget because we really want to tell the story and it's 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 coming off the rails as we speak so how many years in are we that i i'm still taking these dumb risks right because i want i want the story to be told But we will get through it. Yeah. And there will be a new learning, a new wisdom that comes out of it. But isn't that part of the wisdom? You know you'll get through it.
2: There you go. You know, and the other thing is, I was just going to say that, you know, I'm kind of thinking of what Elizabeth was describing is, uh, I'm guessing if she was to work with you directly, she would probably quickly determine that you are all about, it's not about making a profit as much as it's telling a beautiful story. So that's your attraction. Yeah you know and then and, and, and then there's risks that comes with that because some of the best stories that you probably tell or want to tell um, them, are going to be other ones that don't are, are going to be financially problems. challenging yeah. and that's why you have filmpreneur is to, to
1: so you can weather those storms right mm-hmm. hey hey man thank you for bringing that around that's it's so true because it's filmpreneur. not <laughs> filmpreneur.net it's not about <laughs> not taking risk and not telling the right stories but it's about doing it with a balanced business so you're not going to go bankrupt when you're telling the important stories. Yeah, you know. So that's uh, that's nice props. If everybody's interested in hearing what I'm talking about, film promo. Yeah. I, I I
2: look forward to hearing more about that <laughs> project. This project, the current project. The at current some point. Yep. Cool. Hey, always right, fun, man. We're gonna take uh, a little, little break. break, but no one will. But one's no gonna know because it's gonna because be week to week anyway. Be, it'll be one next week. We just have no idea what it will be, but we do have some, and uh, hopefully by at the at the point this comes out, people will go. Man, tell us more about, I'm hoping they would say, tell us more about the Boiling Point Process, which would be well on its way, and, uh, and we'll probably be talking about interviewing some of the folks that have been through it and how they're leveraging it and that kind of thing. So I am forecasting that, I am projecting that idea
1: out into the future. Boilingpointprocess.net remember that folks that's great and uh, again thanks to elizabeth crook thank you for being uh, a ball of light for us uh, today as we uh, head off to march break and enjoy some vacation time with the families although it won't be march yeah, i know june break whatever it is yeah. april all right or august whatever uh, august. <laughs> christmas <laughs> see you Dave. see you buddy
0: thanks for checking out this episode of boiling point remember to rate and subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter, at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.